It was the handshake that never was. US President Donald Trump refusing to take the hand of German Chancellor Angela Merkel as she visited the White House last week. And with a Dutch election outcome failing to produce another result in the populist fashion of Brexit or Trump's victory, what can we say about Europe's future direction? Let's bring in Professor Lars Rensman of European Politics and Society at the University of Groningen. Good morning to you from Seoul. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. So first, uh, do you think the election result in the Netherlands actually serves as a barometer to predict other major outcomes in Europe this year? Well, that remains to be seen, of course. Um, we should be, uh, as political scientists, cautious with predictions after uh, what we've seen in the last year and the surprising outcomes, of course, of the um, U.S. elections and the Brexit but uh, I do believe that certainly um, if there was anything like an expected Trump effect that could boost populist parties that are trying to challenge, um, uh, operate as challenges to liberal democracies and mainstream politicians in uh, Europe, uh, we can clearly say that the Trump effect has not paid off yet. And uh, certainly with the um, uh, unexpected, um, relatively poor performance of Wilders, he did gain couple of percentage points has to be set compared to the last election. But in light of that, um, uh, the, it is definitely not um, uh, a boost for um, the populist camp. So um, in many ways, um, it could be seen as a sign, um, uh, and it certainly disillusioned um, uh, many of the new populist contenders in European politics. Yeah, well, when we assess what might need to happen in other countries for a similar outcome, we, we can look perhaps closely, at the Dutch-Turkey row over the referendum in Turkey mm -hmm. that, that some say helped uh, this election outcome go the way it did. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you agree with that, or, or was this part of a bigger tide against far-right nationalism? Well, um, again, it's difficult to see now a bigger tide as uh, all of these new parties and uh, some of them old revamped parties that challenge liberal democracies are still very much in contention. But uh, I do think they're both involved. Clearly, the Rutte politics, uh, his, his uh, clear stance against Turkey um, was very popular. He really scored with that, um, even though, once again, the party lost overall to, uh, compared to the last elections. Um, um, he clearly made uh, ground there, and um, by taking that stance, he really reflected very much um, the broader European public that uh, sees Turkey on the rise, becoming an uh, autocracy and trying to challenge um, uh, Europe. So the particular stance was very helpful, I think, in, in beating the populist uh, contenders. Um, at the same time, I do believe that um, it can be seen that the Dutch electorate, to some extent at this point, refused um, a broader support of nationalistic um, uh, exclusion, exclusionary populist politics. Um, so I do think uh, it could be the beginning of a different wave from what we've seen last year, um, that politics goes into the other direction of, uh, uh, um, uh, of a consolidation of mainstream parties. Yeah, and of course, the EU is made up of uh, many different countries with their own characteristics. We can only generalize so far, but would you suggest France may well be the, the big barometer when that election comes around? No question. Uh, this is a big one, um, uh, and uh, this will be another piece of the puzzle of where Europe will be heading, where liberal democracy will be heading. 
Um, uh, once again, it was really not a big boost after the Wilders' uh, loss or this relatively poor performance. Um, this will not help Le Pen. It has to be said that very often, many of the problems that uh, European mainstream or liberal or democratic parties are suffering, of course, self-inflicted, and we see that in the French case. Now, in France, we have uh, basically all established parties collapsing, either with fielding poor candidates uh, or in the case of Fallon, uh, candidates who are just uh, um, involved in way too many scandals. And um, so the last hope is here someone who's actually running as an independent, Emmanuel Macron. And um, uh, at the same time, if he's very popular, um, he's able to mobilize uh, many of the young generational cohorts, um, and uh, um, even though uh, Le Pen is still very much in contention, this is going to be a crucial election, um, a crucial election in which Le Pen is, however, by far not the favorite. Um, even though these established parties have been kind of falling apart in light of the presidential election, um, if uh, Macron or basically any candidate who is somewhat suitable um, does a good campaign, he will most likely succeed against Le Pen, as none of the polls have ever seen her really uh, coming out on top um, in the second round. But once again, yep. we have to be cautious. Predictions are difficult, and uh, we know that uh, we had poor predictions last year. So we've got that coming up very soon, around a month away, the first round. Mm -hmm. um, and then later in the year, Germany will go to the polls as well. Uh, Chancellor Angela Merkel... Uh, in the meantime, just visited the White House to meet Donald Trump. And what is the significance of that meeting in itself, would you say? Um, it was seen as being very awkward. I don't know if that affects your view of it. No, it was clearly an awkward meeting. It was, uh, no question, very different from what we've seen um, um, with uh, um, the uh, uh, Theresa May visit. Um, very different. This was a, a cold meeting, there was a handshake at the very beginning um, when Merkel arrived at uh, the doors of the White House and Donald Trump uh, stepped out. But after that, it was very, it was ice cold. Um, it was uh, very awkward how uh, Donald Trump refused to uh, give a handshake uh, to Angela Merkel. Um, traditionally, the strongest ally of the United States of America. We should not forget that. This is a strong, long-built relationship between the U.S. and Germany. Merkel as a a uh, conservative center-right uh, politician uh, should be a natural ally um, with a Republican um, American president, and we've seen the opposite of this. Uh, this has been uh, a very difficult meeting, and uh, there was very little uh, progress. Now, Angela Merkel understands that cooperation with the United States as the largest and most important uh, democracy in the world is, is very much needed. It's important. She understands that she was reaching out, but Donald Trump uh, was not really uh, responding in kind. Yes, um, and, so, and speaking, uh, this is going to be yeah. Because we're just about out of time, I just want to say, speaking of natural allies, Britain surely would be mm -hmm. top of that list. Yet we've had this whole furore over the United States accusing British spies of working with the Obama administration and then mm -hmm. backpedaling. Yeah. Uh, even if Britain's heading out of the EU, that must be alarming for other e European nations when that sort of relationship can sour. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, this is, uh, of course, Britain is part of that. But to be honest, I always saw uh, um, in, in many ways because of the continental position, remember the position in the Cold War, Germany being in the center and the heart of Europe, uh, and also a stronger economy, a stronger, uh, a crucial partner. And um, so uh, this, to, to have a relationship like this is, is very difficult. The uh, situation or this, this reference to, uh, to the spying, to the eavesdropping, I mean, this is another uh, pretty amazing thing because it's, uh, it goes uh, against really anything that we've seen traditionally in diplomacy. I mean, as an American president, you would certainly not bring up uh, the NSA um, uh, um, uh, checking on on your your partner in any kind of public uh, event. It's just so uh, it's against anything that we've seen um, in the history of diplomacy. To Indeed. be honest, it's so this lack of diplomatic skills, lack of understanding of how you bring national politics into the international sphere. Um, and then referring it to his own uh, fake, really made-up claim that uh, Obama was spying on him, and there's no evidence for that. So this is a whole, it's a whole new um, uh, ball game, and I've actually I've never seen anything like it. Um, Professor Rensman, president, and uh, yeah, I mean it truly is remarkable. Perhaps we just have to uh, be unsurprised by the surprising. That's the new normal, um, That's right. it would seem. Professor Lars That's Rensman right. from the University of Groningen, thank you so much for speaking with us. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me.